0: This is the Town Roots Podcast, episode number 14.
1: Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No no, no matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony
0: Wilson and Vincent Hayes. Hi, Ari. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Glad to be here today.
0: Glad to have you. So the Oakland Indie Alliance, uh, and and I'm just going to start with your mission statement. You guys exist to keep Oakland local and independent, which I love. So why don't you tell us about it?
2: Yeah, the Oakland Indie Alliance is a group of 400 plus small independent businesses here in Oakland. You know, think everyone from your local coffee shop, favorite restaurants, boutiques, uh, salons. You know, every everyone that you interact with that's running their own independent business. And so our organization works in a few different ways to make sure that Oakland is a place that can keep that spark that makes it special and still be friendly for small businesses. Um, So we do this in three ways. One is that we advocate on behalf of small businesses. So I led the business tax task force, which is incredibly boring, but going to be really impactful for all of our businesses. Um, You know, during the pandemic, we also pushed for some policy to help small businesses um, so we were doing a lot of that sort of behind-the-scenes work where we're trying to put our small businesses in a place to be more proactive and not always kind of be on that back foot, right? Where we're reacting to things that will affect us. The second way that we help small businesses is with camaraderie building. So if you know the small business entrepreneurship world is often not uh focused on collaboration, it's a lot of competition. And we don't think that's how we win, right? We do better when we all work collectively. We're all small, but together we have a loud voice. Um, and so what we do is help small businesses come together, meet one another, find opportunities to work together, and really we try to get people to work in that spirit of collaboration. The third thing that we do is marketing on behalf of small businesses, because already we are all wearing way too many hats <laughs> as you know, operators, uh, creatives, makers bookkeepers like we're doing it all often on our own or with very very small teams and so marketing ends up being the thing that is important but never quite a priority. So we created the Keep It Oakland campaign, which is a campaign to both educate people in Oakland on, you know, why it's important to keep our money here locally, but also to amplify our small businesses and make it fun, you know, not just to do the thing that because it's the right thing, but also because it's enjoyable, it makes our city better. It's not um, shopping locally, supporting your local economy is not just about, uh, you know, the, the philanthropy of it. It's, I want people to do this because it's good. It's good for them too, right? We all are doing better when we have streets with businesses, with activation places for people to go. Um, and so, you know, we, our campaign is really about that. It's not just amplifying the small businesses, but this is, you know, all of Oakland together. We're all doing better together. So that's kind of the Oakland Indie Alliance in a, in a nutshell in terms of what we do. Um, you know, like I said, we're a, we're a nonprofit based here in Oakland. And so um, we're a little bit unique in that our whole board and leadership are all small business owners as well. So we aren't uh, coming from a top-down approach. It really is grassroots.
0: That's awesome. How did you guys get started? Like, what were the first steps? What was the impetus? Like, did you just call up a couple people and say, hey, I have an idea? Like, (laughs) what happened? How'd this thing get off the ground?
2: Yeah, I have a... um, It's funny. I've kind of taken on every aspect of being a part of OIA. So I'm not one of the founders, but I'm the executive director. I'm our first ED. Um, And so the organization started in 2014 with uh, Amy Hilliard of Farley's Coffee, Jenna Pastina um, of Chop Bar and Calavera, uh, and Raquel Conte of Allenwood. And now, um, I think the Power to the People Project in Red Bay as well. Um, so they came together and really said, you know, Hey, we, we don't have a place where we have a voice. Like we're all, you know, struggling with the same problems. Why are we doing this on our own? Um, and so organically, you know, a group of small businesses came together. I was one of, um, the OIA members, you know, I, I think probably the first 50 or hundred for my small business. Um, and, you know, the needs are always shifted, right? Like in, at first it was about um, policies coming down from the city. Then it was shifts in real estate and speculative um, increases that we were all, you know, rolling down to small businesses and, and now it's COVID, right? So the organization has shifted a lot in terms of what we offer for our members, Um, But I started off as a member, then I joined the board, um, and I had the uh, useful but unfortunate timing of becoming the ED March 1st of 2020.
1: (laughs) Speaking of that, uh, I'm interested uh, to know, like, uh, so as as COVID hit, um, Mm -hmm. what types of of support did you give small business owners during that time?
2: We did a lot. Um, So first and foremost, the Everyone was just kind of running around with their, you know, like a chicken with their head cut off because it was so much information and nobody knew how long it was going to be. And so uh, we really galvanized our group by kind of acting as a clearinghouse for information rather than each of us flooding and calling PPP or IDLE. We all got together and said, "Okay, who has what information? What links can we share? How can we make sure some of these resources hit Oakland, and we don't get all you know sort of swept under the rug?" So first off, we we'd been talking about launching a Slack channel for a while, and now is the time if we're going to be shifting to moving digitally. Um, so that was a great place for us to share information. You know, again that camaraderie piece where we're all working with each other rather than in competition. Um, beyond that, you know, once it was very clear, it wasn't just going to be these, these three weeks, um, we were working pretty closely with the city to talk to them about, you know, how can they help? Um, so we were a part of the flex streets program where we helped the city advise the city essentially. And, uh, you know, what, what do we need for outdoor dining? So, um, beyond just helping with that program itself, we actually helped to build some parklets. We built seven at this point. Um, we also raised a COVID recovery grant, knowing that a lot of our very small businesses, immigrant businesses, POC businesses, weren't getting all the PPP and IDLE loans. So we raised, I think, uh, I think we gave out something like 85 grants um, to those people who were, who were kind of left behind from those government or, you know, state funds. Um, And then we also did a broken window repair fund, which is still going. Um, So, you know, small businesses in downtown Oakland in particular were were hit with, of course, COVID and then, you know, the the effects from the the protests as well. So we didn't want to have the typical narrative that says, oh, protests are good, but look at what they're doing to our small businesses. We wanted to be able to stand sort of arm in arm with The folks protesting for, you know, George Floyd for against police brutality. Um, And so we raised these funds so that it wasn't this weird dichotomy between, um, you know, standing up and protesting and doing what's right and saying, but look at our downtown, look at these broken windows. Like we can fix broken windows, but there's lots of other things we can't fix.
1: I, I, I guess my follow-up question is that to that would be um, did you see an increase in small businesses that joined the Alliance during COVID or?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think when I stepped into the ED role, we had about 250 businesses um, pretty quickly. We got to 500 and now we're you know somewhere in the 400 range because of business closures caused by COVID. Um, so yeah, we, we basically, you know, in, I would say like the first four to six months pretty much doubled the size of our organization. Um, the organization started in 2014. So we went from, you know, 2014 to 2020, like those, those six years with having 250 members. And then in six months went to 500. Um, so a lot of our systems that worked with a, you know, a small group with all of us, you know, knowing one another, being able to have each other's emails. Like we had to really bulk up a lot of our systems pretty quickly.
0: So you talked before about minority-owned businesses and women-owned mm-hmm. businesses sort of not having the resources during COVID. And so you guys kind of were clearing house mm-hmm. for a lot of that stuff. So is it fair to say that that makes up a good um, a good percentage of your membership? Is that a focus yeah. for the organization?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, with that first 250 businesses, it was just, it was organic, right? It was the folks who were downtown, you know, two of our founders are Black women, um, all three are women. Um, and so, you know, it, it was though the small businesses that were located downtown that became a part of OIA. And I think that was something that was, you know, missing, right? Like we need, if we're going to be the Oakland Indy Alliance, not the downtown Indy Alliance, we need to represent all of Oakland. And so that was one of the things I really focused on when I stepped into this role. So, you know, most of that, that doubling of size was outside of downtown. We were trying to make sure we actually are able to, you know, like, got to say with our chest, right? Like if we're going to be the Oakland Indy Alliance, we need to make sure we have everyone covered. Um, yeah. So it's been a focus for sure.
0: I, I love when you said we're going to be the Oakland Indy Alliance, not the downtown Alliance mm-hmm. that I think that that is a good way to summarize it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to go back and touch on the marketing campaign, keep it open.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: so I noticed you guys use that as a hashtag, right. But, but I'm sure it's more than a hashtag. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what's interesting is, you know, we we are the Oakland-India Alliance, but there are so many different Oaklands, if you know what I mean. Like, you, the downtown Oakland is different than Jack London, then East Oakland, then West Oakland, Temescal, right? Like, there are all these different pockets and neighborhoods. Um, and part of the Keep It Oakland campaign is to amplify all of those Oaklands to say, you know, just because you live in West Oakland doesn't mean you can't find out about a great place deep east, right? Um, so part of that campaign is making sure that we're just highlighting all the amazing things that are already happening here. We're not, you know, the gatekeepers (laughs) of any of that. We're just trying to amplify what our small businesses already do. Um, And so keep it Oakland means, you know, keeping it a place where small businesses can thrive, where we can be vibrant, where we maintain that culture. um, And we're able to, you know, uh, keep, I guess just keep the spirit, right? Of Oakland, like we're scrappy. And I think that's always something that makes us very different from other cities. And so that's the keep it at Oakland campaign tries to embody that, you know, it's not, it's big, bold letters. <laughs> we're not saying it quietly. Um, and so it's all about highlighting the amazingness that's already here.
0: I, I love that. I love that. I want to touch on another thing you said earlier, talking about fundraising where mm-hmm. you guys um, did fundraising for the uh, broken window campaign in downtown? So, how how was that like? Did you guys run advance? Are you getting individual donors? Are you getting corporate donors? Tell tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, you know that was. Um, I think the best things, not the best things. I guess the the expression that comes to mind is is. uh, necessity is the mother of all invention or something like that, right? Um, I I live downtown, you know, my business is downtown. Um, and so the day after the protests, you know, I walked around and just saw so many of our members just windows just absolutely shattered, like was helping people clean up glass, like trying to board stuff up, pulling together some of our partners, like Turner Construction to say like, Hey, can you all help board up? Like what, you know, it was just, it was really it was really devastating to see, see it in that state. You know, I've run a business like in the heart of downtown Oakland since 2014. So, you know, that was the end of Occupy so many different protests. <laughs> like I've just seen it all. And this was the worst, um, in, in terms of like the property damage. Right. Uh, and so I pulled together a board pretty quickly and said, you know, that, I'm getting hit up by lots of friends who are are interested in in helping, but don't know what to do. Like, I think that's ultimately um, the challenge that we have is people have their hearts in the right place, but they don't know how to turn it into action. And so, you know, taking all of these texts that I was getting from friends to say, like, what can I offer? Can I, can I show up? Can I paint? Like, what do you need? Um, we stood up a campaign really quickly, like literally that night we had it up and running. Um, and we collected donations through PayPal, like on our website. Um, and I, you know, basically in two or maybe it was a week, like a few days, we, we really got a lot of, um, we got a lot of momentum, and we got individual contributions that you know quickly racked up to like a hundred twenty thousand dollars. Wow! Um, with the average donation, I think being somewhere in like the sixty dollar ballpark. Oh wow! Yeah. That's
0: nice. um, so this
2: was yeah. So it was really like truly our community coming together and saying, "Hey, this is this is terrible. You know, we're with you. We want to make sure you're not bearing the brunt of this damage, um, and we're here to support." So you know, that's a it, unfortunately that's often a cost of business, not just for people downtown, but all over Oakland, right? Of break-ins or, you know, vandalizing or, you know, all of these different things. And so that's a fund that we'd been wanting to create for a long time. And now this was kind of the galvanizing event that made that possible. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really wild to see how quickly people showed up and, you know, uh, some of our partners like Visit Oakland helped amplify, you know, we ended up um, talking to different news outlets and you know people really showed up and that that felt really good to know that we're not you know just out here being hung out to dry right like our community has us and we can rely on ourselves
0: now i love the grassroots efforts uh, you know behind that 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 is just fantastic i mean i think that speaks to the grittiness of oakland
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we'll find a way (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. uh so uh one thing that I'm, i'm curious about is uh how how do you Look at like the, the support system that you give to small businesses, and how do you try to figure out what the next thing is that that will make your effort even better? Um, do you get like partnerships with the the open chamber of commerce, or like what are the things that you you think about strategically to to give small business owners that that extra leg up, if you will?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a few things. We're we're really guided by our, by our members. Um, You know, we're again, because we're a grassroots organization, we're not trying to, uh, you know, come to our members with the answers. We're here to really listen to what the needs are. And, you know, again, our board and myself, we're all small business owners. So usually there's not a whole lot of explaining that needs to happen because we're probably in the mix with everyone. Um, But ultimately I think, the the way that we think about support and and how we can be most useful is that we can be kind of an umbrella for all of the different small businesses. So, you know, I often will get um, inquiries from large organizations or people who do genuinely want to help and they don't understand how hard it is to reach out to 400 businesses, (laughs) you know, like if you, you, you could canvas, but you're going to need the next six months and you're going to need a dozen people to do it. Um, and there's also, you know, a very, a a lot of, uh, organizations don't always have the sort of cultural capacity to talk to these small businesses. You know, they show up with a flyer in hand and you're like, I'm just trying to (laughs) do dinner service. You know, I can't talk to you right now, even if it is help. Right. And so we end up being that sort of conduit or that liaison between our small business owners and folks who want to help. So, you know, we're partnered with square. Um, we've gotten money from Clorox, uh, you know, a bunch of, we partner with visit Oakland, we partner with the business improvement districts. Um, and because we get to be that one point of contact that is really trusted with all of our 400 members, it makes it so much easier for that, that effort to help to be more effective. Um, so that's, that's how we think about it is, It's sort of interesting because, you know, while I say member, we aren't, we never charge our small businesses to be a part of of the organization. We fund the organization through partnerships, you know, through individual contributions. And so for us, the only way that we add value for our members is if we genuinely bring them something that's gonna help them. So that's always the first filter that we go through. You know, is is this something that genuinely will make it easier to do business in Oakland? If the answer is yes, then we'll figure out a way to partner. But if the answer is, you know, it only helps the organization, we don't do it.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 totally helpful. As a small business owner myself, I, I find uh, that sometimes when you're when you're out there, uh, kind of doing your work and trying to better yourself and your community and all that, you you forget that you know, there's time times when you need to go and look for support even when you don't need it. And so, like for me, I think it's great to see that you guys are doing this work and and you've uh, invested enough to get and grow your community, and, and I think it's amazing.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's been really, um, it's been really interesting and, and challenging to grow that way it's not like the most scalable model and it relies on a lot of yeah empathy a lot of um trust you know social capital honestly is probably what keeps our organization going uh but it, it does feel really good when we you know on our slack channel or someone emails us and says hey here's this problem that i have what resources can you plug me into and we're able to make that connection for them because when you're running a business like you're in it, you know, you don't have the time to do the research or, you know, do Mm -hmm. 20 different intakes with different organizations that ultimately do want to help. And some of them might be the right fit for you, but we just don't always have the time for that.
0: So what's been your biggest surprise, either, you know, one, from the time you started this, or two, it could be from (laughs) COVID, right? Because we talked to a lot of small businesses and, you know, they'll say, oh, this, I learned X from COVID. And that taught me that um, that what I was doing before was the wrong way. Like COVID forced me to do it the right way, um, but I didn't know that before COVID. Now, you know, your answer doesn't have to be COVID specific, but I'm just curious kind of what's, what's been your biggest surprise on your journey so far?
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think there's been, I guess I can narrow it down to like two surprises. Um, so one is how much people truly want to help. I think, you know, I, I'm someone who definitely believes in like closed mouths don't get fed. Right. But um, we sometimes want to, you know, we don't want to let the ugly parts show. And so we don't truly ask for all of what we need. We ask for a little bit. Um, but what's been surprising is, you know, when we do really put it out there for our community, for other people, everyone does want to help. Like it's, it's not, um, it's not like a, like a quid pro quo, like people feel good when they help other people. Um, And so I think I just didn't understand the, the level of that that everyone truly does want to help and they are invested in these small businesses. Cause a lot of times, you know, when you're in it, you feel like it's just you and everyone else is doing great. And I don't know why I'm the one struggling. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been like a the learning I guess is, is that vulnerability can be really healthy and helpful and can help you actually get what you need. Um, and I guess the the second thing that's, that surprised me is how much people give even when they don't have a lot. And so, you know, we know like statistically that's true, right? Like poor people give more than rich people. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, within our membership, like we, most of our businesses are down, right? Like somewhere from at least 20% to some people were down like 80, 90, like 95%, and yet they were showing up saying, you know, on our Slack channel or in our emails, like, what can I do to help after the protests? Or, uh, you know, saying, "Hey, I have this thing that I can offer up. I have this skill set. Let me help you." It's like people who don't have are really giving, and um, I, that's just been so, so, so surprising. I think to to know that uh, even when you're feeling kind of down or you're feeling like, you know, we're re- we're taking L's, <laughs> um, that it you can still rely on your community and other people to show up and and support you.
0: Nice. That's a great story.
1: Thanks for sharing. Of course. Yes, I agree. Um, so one quick question for you, as we uh, kind of close this out, if you're a new small business owner in Oakland, how do they, how does someone reach out and, and go through, I guess, maybe the intake process or, or all that?
2: Yeah. So they, you can go to Oakland Indie Alliance. That's I N D I E. Uh, dot com slash join dash us. Uh, or if you just go to our website, there's a, a big red button to say join us and you fill out the application. Um, for us, what makes a small business is that you have less than 100 employees, less than 7 million in sales. You're actually independently owned, i.e., like no franchises, um, and that your ownership lives in the Bay Area. So, you know, we're not doing any of this outside stuff. <laughs>
0: Do you guys have any social media that people can follow?
2: Yes, they can follow us at on Instagram at keepitoakland.town. Uh, and then they can also follow the organization at, at Oak Indies. That's O-A-K-I-N-D-I-E-S.
0: Oh, that is awesome, Ari. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been terrific. We really appreciate it.
2: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank, thank, thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com.